Hello. Um, I would like to ask that you please stay tuned after the episode for a trailer to Dockside Media's Secrets of the Sasquatch. months ago, I had the distinct pleasure of meeting the creative minds behind Dockside Media with the release of Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure. It explored many of the questions of, are we truly alone? And covered aliens, UFOs, and elevated consciousness. Since then, they have released their second documentary, The Ghosts of Gettysburg, to focus on the world of spirits and hauntings. Now, they return with a new project, and I'm excited to welcome Tyler Transu and Chris Rupert back within the mist. Thank you for having us back. <laughs> Great to be here. And Gary, you didn't plug. What What are we talking about on this one? Secrets of the Sasquatch, right? Well, I was gonna I was gonna build up to it. In <laughs> fact, I have I have my uh, joke all lined up for the uh, new documentary. Oh, so if you're ready, yeah. please. All right, if you're ready, knock knock. Who's there? Achu. Achu who? Achu is too small to fit a Bigfoot. Oh, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having us back. Um, no, I'm going to keep coming it. back for these jokes, Gary. That's true. That's why, we, that's why we really come. Also, you make us do this podcast on Skype. And I got to say, Skype has this like f- fix your face uh, thing it has going on i look good right now it's smoothed my zoom. skin out but oh is this zoom okay whatever i can't keep it straight. but anyways <laughs> but it like it fixed my my skin looks beautiful but tyler i don't know what it just doesn't work for you or something i don't know man i love you but yeah but i see it did shrink your forehead as well dude so i think wow. it's only applying the filters on your end not uh, mine. <laughs> uh, it must be that must be what it is well whatever it works right mm-hmm. now uh you do realize this is a podcast so they're not even going to see your face. Ah, uh, in spirit, we're we're with them in spirit. So yeah, well, we are we are working on uploading our uh, podcast onto YouTube, so it'll it'll get up there. Okay, just cool. just so everyone can see you. All right, yes. Well, that's why I use the descriptor "big forehead." Everybody knows what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, well, we're great. here to talk about Sasquatch, Tyler. Enough. Uh, yeah, I know. So we're introducing the new documentary, The Secrets of the Sasquatch, and this is basically an interviewing and an overview of the different encounters people have and the different types of encounters people have had with the Sasquatch. And you pretty much covered across the United States. Uh, Some of your stories were from West Virginia and others were from New Mexico. How was it coordinating, you know, that much travel time? Oh, it's no big deal. We love it, man. I just call them up uh, or email them, shoot them a message. And typically uh, people are open to it. Um, Sue Walker, who was in Conscious Contact Full Disclosure, who uh, for those who haven't seen that or heard the previous podcast about that, she's like uh, uh, clairvoyant and medical intuitive and a telepath. Um, So she brings some unique uh, stories and insights and experiences uh, that I don't think are probably maybe talked about uh, it necessarily in a lot of other 
Sasquatch uh, related documentaries or investigations. So I, I liked her angle. Um, and then she, uh, uh, she helped point me towards, um, uh, uh, I'm drawing up Alfred Martinez. Uh, and do what I love about this, um, is you'll see in the, the documentary that we did a couple campouts as well, which was a lot of fun. The one we didn't, uh, where I interviewed Randy Smith, um, it was super fun. And then, uh, when Desiree and Eric Hubbard, when we went out, uh, put some, some different, uh, lures and traps out and stuff like that, things to try and, and going out with infrared, uh, thermography dude, Loved it, man. I absolutely love the adventures of it. And man, well, I'm not going to lie. I was really focused on the ball. <laughs> I was really, I mean, I really wanted to see what happened with the ball. I, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's cool that you mentioned that. I Are you suggesting Chris we and- dropped the ball by not <laughs> <laughs> showing you what happened? Resolving there, the ball. Yeah. But I'm just glad the, the footage of the ball made it in there. Cause I kept telling Chris in the re-edits, I'm like, bro, the guy's talking about this ball. We need to put the ball in there. I know That's I true. shot footage of it. Get it in there. I, I, uh, yeah. We need a resolution. I constantly get annoyed with Tyler's uh, recommendations for edits, but then I don't know how many times or he, we had arguments about like, you should add this in. You should add this in. I'm like, I don't want to add that in. And then we add it in. And then at some point, it inevitably comes up where it was the person's favorite part of the whole movie. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned the ball because that was what, the argument was for secrets of the Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, well, no, there was two. There was two. Yeah. You never there know the two. details that get picked up. It's true. It's true. And that, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Like when we're editing now, it's uh, because I'm, you know, like I've said, you told you before, Gary, like I'm more skeptical. So sometimes when I hear things, I'm like, I don't know, that just doesn't seem to add up to me, but it's like, you got to think about the audience of this stuff too. Um, and their perspectives and stuff and their experiences. So yeah, it's one of those things that I'm still working on. Um, trying to get outside my own mindset for when I'm when I'm crafting this stuff. No, that's great. So, how did you come up with the idea of doing a documentary focusing on Sasquatch? I think it was kind of inspired by when you talked to Sue uh, for Conscious mm-hmm. Contact. It sort of came uh-huh. up at one point. Yeah, we were do we were talking about um, Skinwalker Ranch at one point too, and. I don't know. It just, it seems like the natural progression, natural, uh, you know, something in the supernatural vein, um, to go to, obviously Sasquatch has been covered a lot of times. Um, but we thought maybe we have a little bit of a different angle here with Sue's perspective. And then some of these other people's perspectives like Tom Carey, um, which I, I think his angle is what really intrigues me the most. And we can get into that then. Um, but it it just felt like a natural place to go. We, I love like I, like I love it. I love the idea of a Sasquatch. I, I love them in movies and stuff. So it just sounded like something really fun to approach. Okay, For sure. And it, yeah, it just like like the rest of our docs, just kind of materialized more or less on its own. Man, uh, floated the uh, yeah. I think Sue maybe inspired it a bit um, uh, by hearing something she had said, and then yeah. Ran it by Chris. I'm like, dude, what about secrets of the Sasquatch? He's like, yeah, I'm like driving down to the beach, dude. I get down to the beach. I like shoot a video like immediately like, yo, we're making secrets of the Sasquatch. Next thing you know, three weeks later, we're camping out for an, uh, a week after that. Another camp out a couple weeks after that. When And what I love 
And what I dig is the people we interviewed, like Chris mentioned, Tom Carey, who's like an anthropologist, right? Like a degreed anthropologist. So it's dope. This is a type of guy who would have the type of knowledge and experience and has done the research, right? To, To weigh in on this subject matter from an academic standpoint. And then I love like Randy Smith, Alfred Martinez, uh, Tom Nutter, you know, these are people, uh, especially I'll speak to, to Randy Smith and Alfred Martinez. Like I'm a bit of a hunter myself, never got anything ever, but I go out in the woods. So I know how hard it is to see a deer when you're still for 12 hours in the woods, right? right. And looking for them and how they can stay just out of eyesight, just out of reach. Right. So, um, but so for the, and I know how easy it is to maybe mistake a sound or mistake a sighting. And these guys, Randy Smith and Alfred Martinez, these are the type of dudes, like they're outdoorsmen, they're hunters. Like when I'm camping out with Randy Smith, it's like 26 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, it ended up snowing, freezing cold. That's who I want to be out there with. Somebody like that, I just trust. Oh, dude, this guy will get me out of here alive. So if he's saying he saw a Sasquatch when he's hunted there for couple decades and knows all the different wildlife in the air it's like dude i would be inclined to believe him he's the type of person that knows the woods like the back well it's also great that you showed uh some of the background terrain of what he was talking about you know and the the sheer drop of down the mountainside so yeah you really get an idea of how dangerous it is to be out there let alone you know tracking a creature that hasn't been identified yet Mm -hmm. dude and and the footage doesn't even do it justice on how steep that I, think I could run up. I could get up to the top of that in an hour, like run up. For, and he's like, dude, I'll give you $500 right now. If you go do that, there is no way you can switch back for hours and you will not get up to the top. It's like just a steep grade. You know what I mean? So, uh, it, it's, it's wild, man. It, it was, it was some wild experiences being out there. Well, and then also tying into that, uh, one of your other uh, eyewitnesses or one of your other hunters mentioned that you can't learn about Bigfoot from behind a computer. You have to be out there. So mm-hmm. it's great that you actually had people who were out there. And same deal, Eric. Do the way these things materialize, like we put out these these social media posts asking if people want to go on the camp out right in this area that's had sasquatch sightings um it's remote pa wilderness uh and people respond and like this eric guy it was great like his wife's like he told me she's like what are you doing going up there like you don't like people (laughs) and he's just like man i i just felt compelled like he's been interested in this for whatever reason he felt drawn to get out of his comfort zone um and to be a part of this documentary and dude, the ideas he came with and the, the, the ideas for trying to lure in the session, like light yeah. years above what, like what I would have even thought of, you know? So it's great how these documentaries end up way better than anything we could have really crafted on the front end. We rely heavily on uh, hearing these people's stories and, and getting their experiences or going out and doing these adventures or investigations. And, and we just, we trust, you know, that their story will, their, the story will come out somewhere mm-hmm. in there. We let them, let yeah. them do their thing. 
And then Chris does a great job on the back end going through that footage and interweaving it into this like powerful story where you can, you know, follow along, hopefully be inspired, entertained, and just get the, the, the old noodles turning a bit, man. So people are thinking a little differently. Yeah. Gary, I was curious what your thoughts on Sasquatch are. Well, um, I'm definitely a firm believer in it. I mean, considering the amount of evidence that is there, it's pretty impressive that we haven't actually gotten the physical proof yet where we've gotten everything else from historical, anecdotal, uh, you know, photographs, videos, and so forth. It's just weird that we haven't gotten the actual physical thing. That's why I like uh, Sue's uh, explanations with it and the interdimensional aspects of it, Mm -hmm. because that does kind of cover over some of the reasonings. It does. And, you know, I've thought about this, though, before. Because it's like, well, if there's a Sasquatch, we would have found it by right now, right? Like, Agreed. But then I think about it, and I think that's like a misnomer in a lot of ways because the ocean is massive. We definitely know. We don't know what everything is down there, right? We just don't haven't traveled to these places. But there's places like that on Earth, too. Like Tyler was saying, like you can go walk in the woods pretty much any day of the week and not see a deer or something, but they're there. Like there's animals that are all around you. Um, but just think about the more remote wilderness, like walking 20, 30 miles into the woods, you know, like that is a different level of remoteness than just going into the forest and the trails we go into now. So I think there's still a possibility that there is just a natural creature that has evolved and grown out there. I mean, and very weary of us. Yeah. Very weary. Like Tom Carey talks about Gigantopithecus is, and we know that is something that did exist at one point. And if that was here in your yard right now, you would say that's what a Bigfoot is. I think. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, For us, we had just finished doing an episode and we were talking about the Pine Barrens Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how New Jersey is the most, dense population of people per square mile yet the pine barrens is one-fifth of the state and there's nobody there exactly Hmm. yeah that's why and you think about like and i don't know this off the top of my head but whatever like the mountain lion population i guess not in pennsylvania but say like california or something like dude like nobody sees mountain lions nobody Right? right for how many people are at like it is a highly highly rare occurrence for somebody to even see a mountain lion like uh dis- despite heavy population it's like well i gotta believe the mountain lion population is probably far greater maybe than like the sasquatch population so dude it's and it's like oh dude i'm of the belief of you know our senses like we only know what we know like and our like our everything is relative to our senses like we you know like I can blow a dog whistle, right? We'll never hear it, but dogs will be freaking out. Their sense mm. of, of uh, hearing, their sense of smell, turkeys, right? Being able to like see like the dust blow from a deer's fart at like a hundred yards, right? They just have super good eyesight. We just can't even fathom that. So, you know, this Sasquatch uh, that's that's evolved and stayed elusive for thousands and thousands or maybe millions of years, dude, who knows where, what, senses have evolved to help them maintain that it's is that is that dust blows from a deer's fart a real thing or did you just say that 
I had heard it once I like like a, long, it. a long time ago. So it might said, be true. I don't, I don't know. Be too sure with Tyler. Here's the thing. You said the it very confidently. It so. <laughs> was, was a credible woodsman and hunter. Okay. Like, like Randy and like Alfred. So if it, it came from a reliable source. Somebody right. can Google it after you listen to this podcast. There and you comment go. On well, I just read an article about infrasound about, you know, how like whales and the, Elephants can communicate across miles using sound so low we can't pick it up and how they believe a lot of Sasquatch actually communicate that way. I mean, you brought in a lot of vocalization in this documentary that mm. these sounds travel for miles. So they're communicating without having to be so close knit that we're used to. Dude, I, th- I think there's still and quote there. I definitely could be wrong, but I think there's uh, an island where people still communicate by like whistling or something for like a mile. Uh, just because of the way it's like set up and like sound really travels and stuff. Hmm. So like, I don't know, like we still communicate like that. So there's still uh, a purpose in that style of communication, but that's crazy. I never heard that thing about whales for like miles, just in this low. Oh yeah. That's really interesting. You're a plethora of knowledge there, Gary. That's yeah. why we love coming yeah, on we but new stuff every time we're on this show, baby. <laughs> and I hope your listeners are too. I'm sure they are because I mean, in fact, I'll just stroke your guys' egos. You guys got a lot of positive feedback. They loved your episode. That's that's why I was very happy when you guys came back. So um, some of the comments I got was that you guys are very passionate. You guys are very knowledgeable and you guys are go-getters. So that's what we need in this field. So yeah, my listeners really feel that about you guys and look to you guys as a future of paranormal. That's awesome. That's so cool to Dude, hear. I wish this podcast had video. You would see Chris and I melting on screen, people. This is that shit makes but, our day, man. And that like uh that just fires me up. I'm I'm ready to go out and interview somebody else and get we have well, I was just out today interviewing somebody for Ghost in the Graveyard, pure pandemonium. We're not stopping. So if you guys are into if your listeners are into paranormal, uh thought provoking, interesting, entertaining, right? Documentaries. Dockside Media is a place to be. And yeah, you can hear about us through Gary. You get all the back stories on this shit. We're going to be camping out in what is su- supposedly a very uh, haunted, uh, active site in a remote woods, a old graveyard. Um, we're going to bring out a bunch of people we have, and it's going to be it's going to be a really fun, interesting time. We're going to do we're going to try a whole bunch of different things. It'll all be documented. I'm really excited. Well, and great. Gary, dude, yes. it's it's in the ghost town of Pandemonium, which means abode yes. of demons, bro. Yes. So, like, what's up? We, I mean, this is like I said, this this stuff just writes itself. How we stumble upon these stories. Somebody, uh, actually, the medium from the Ghost of Gettysburg. We were doing a screening of it, and she's the one that brought up pandemonium we would have never even heard about it dude and it's like an hour and a half north of where i live uh and it was so sick driving up there today and in this cemetery and dude you're looking at these like dude it's crazy because this cemetery has been there what was it like uh, i don't want to misspeak but say like maybe uh 1790s to like 1917 or something um so like what's that 130 years but a long time ago the town hasn't been there forever over 100 years and like dude it's just it's crazy it's like well maintained 
out in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't know who's maintaining it. It doesn't make sense. And I even asked the guy who is the historian on it, uh, on pandemonium and like travels out um, like at least once a year for like the last 10 years. And he's like, and I was like, man, dude, this is crazy. Like the growth isn't that high. We're going to be back here in July with this camp out. Is it going to be like, you know, much higher? And he's like, man, I'll tell every single time I come out here, it is always the same height. It is never overgrown, but it's never mowed short. It's, I was like, oh, dude, that, <laughs> that fires me up. There's something going on there. <laughs> That's great. Now, I noticed you also included some news footage about Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Do you feel there's an increase in sightings and news publicity of it? I don't know. I think because there's so much going on in the UFO community right now with, you know, the UAP meetings and all that kind of stuff. It, that's a lot. That's like, that just covers a lot there. Like, I, I don't, I, I haven't seen much activity in, in like mainstream stories. Um, but I don't know if there ever really was that much, you know what I mean? There's occasionally right. every, every, I don't know, like decade you have like one big known story or so. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen anything really major in the last year or two or three. But what okay. I do think we're seeing is I, th- I feel like a lot more Sasquatch content yeah, and shows and podcasts and all these different Facebook groups, right. That are collecting data. Um, so while it might not be like media coverage, I, I feel like there's a, a very large, a growing interest in this topic. And so that's what, you know, Chris and I, like, we won't profess to be the, the end all be alls Mm -hmm. on Sasquatch UFOs, ghosts, like we're gaining experience. Right. And we're trying again to, to get better and, and, and be more knowledgeable, but we rely heavily on the experts and the people that like that we interview. And so we also we're into this stuff, but we're not, we're not watching all these different paranormal shows. We're just not like, we have a bunch of other interests. Um, so I don't know. It seems like regular people are seeing this content more often. And that's what I'm, I guess, getting at. It's like Chris and I aren't heavily into it, but I'm seeing it pop up yeah on social media and and just tv networks man they like that stuff yeah i think social media has played really well into it i agree yeah i mean it's so so easy to share things now so uh the the images and stuff will pop up much easier to to find um but yeah like as far as the experiences and stuff we get (laughs) we get so much experience by by going and doing something with an expert like i don't know how much stuff i learned about the supernatural doing ghosts of gettysburg just by being around those people and them talking about the what everything is and what it's used for and stuff like it was it was uh mind opening um and so that's that's how we learn a lot of these things so maybe we have a different perspective because we didn't i didn't watch like the travel channel sasquatch shows or anything like that um it's just we went out and did it with these people. Well, and and with that, you get exposed to things that you don't normally do, like exactly. new technology. You have like infrared cameras and mm-hmm. ultrasonic ears and night vision. So technology is really playing into going being out there now more too. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we yeah, we hope through yeah, what 
what our main goal is, man, with Dockside Media is to like help generate that momentum and get people interested in it and to stigmatize this stuff and get let like let people talk about it and talk about what what Sue's saying in Secrets of the Sasquatch and Randy's experience and Alfred and Thomas Nutters and all these things and generate that dialogue because then I think it gets more people like Eric Hubbard out yeah. into the woods. It really does. Like his story, it's great. And I don't, it, I don't think Chris really covered, but I got to hear like his backstory. You know, here's a dude from Baltimore, inner city Baltimore, and moved up. Um, uh, I think he lives near York, I want to say. I don't know if it was six years ago and had this passion and interest in Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And so, Dude, like he is super knowledgeable in the what because he just threw himself into it, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's cool that like obviously the content being produced out there is encouraging this city guy to go out and explore Sasquatch on his own and go to all these different conferences and talk to these people. And so we hope we can play a small part in that because as like the more people do that, I think that's how we get these answers. Well, you also bring up new ideas, just like you did with Sue, um, bringing up ideas of Bigfoot with telepathy, Bigfoot part mm-hmm. of the star nation uh, being interdimensional. These these are not topics that were spoken of you know, 10, 20 years ago. So these are brand new cutting edge theories that you're introducing that's going to get people talking. That's the goal. I hope so. Uh, I would like to hear other people who, if they have those same experiences to reach out to us, because I want to hear about that as well. Um, Cause Sue's experiences are, are super interesting to me. And so I want to hear other people's perspectives on that. We'll be back after a quick break. This podcast is the result of years of phenomenological trial and error. It is the product of attempt after attempt after attempt. It is also the product of years of introspective analysis, brought on by the occurrence of the strange and seemingly impossible. It began as an inquiry into the nature of reality. It is not a work of fiction. It is a work intended to be scrupulously followed for the desired results. Only a mind free of any doubt will accomplish the task of synthetically producing a glitch. Learn how, on how to create a glitch in the matrix. Now, another thing that uh, one of your witnesses mentioned that I thought was pretty thought provoking was he was talking about, you know, how he always thought that when he saw a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, he'd run to it. And then when he actually saw it, he changed his mind and got me thinking, what would I really do if I really saw one? I mean, yeah, it's kind of big to talk, you know, from a behind a video screen that, oh, yeah, I would just chase up after it and get, you know, the best video and everything else. But I mean, we don't know how we would really react with something so different and so unknown. Uh, or how about you guys? Oh, yeah. There's no way. Well, I, I'm betting Tyler would go up and hug. Probably. Dude, I don't know. I would like to think that I would, but I love, dude, I just love that you um, you pulled that from the dock because that like, that's what I like about like when I watch documentaries, movies, whatever content is like, Oh dude, how would I, yeah. yeah. How would I act in that situation? Cause that's just a cool thought to have. And again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but 
it's really neat to hear Randy say that when I got to spend that night, like, dude, if bombs start dropping, I'm calling Randy and we're heading to the woods. I know he will keep me alive. Like he, he, I I just, dude, it's freezing cold. We're along a river, cold air coming off the river. He's fishing. No, he's the type of dude, no gloves. Like my hands are, I can't feel them. He's handling wet stuff. No problem. He's the type of guy, a log needs moved. He's picking up the log with his bare hand and moving it, right? It, like in this fire. I'm like, what is going on right now? So when Randy, so it was very powerful for me to hear, like, because, yeah, if I had to bet, uh, throw my money on, oh, dude, out of this lineup of people who would probably run out of Sasquatch, like my money would be on Randy. So I thought it was interesting that maybe there was some sort of like, like primal, uh, like instinctual um, force that like kept him right in place. Uh, because yeah, I, I was surprised he said that too. Cause he struck me as the type of guy that, Oh dude, he just, he's not scared of stuff, dude. He doesn't care about the wolves howling at night and shit like that. Dude, we're hearing, we're hearing a gunshot go off. We're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's a, like a house, maybe a mile away, another house, like a mile and a half, whatever. But we heard a gunshot go off at like, I think 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, uh, so-and-so got a, they got a deer. Damn it, dude. I want to go up. I, I, I feel like I need to go up there and, and, and check on them and like help them gut it. Like, that's the right, that's the right thing to do. Like, that's what you do up, up in these parks. Like you go, you help them gut it. And dress the deer, and then maybe they give you a little meat. Who knows? Uh, but dude, like, yeah, he's just a he's a a woodsman through and through, dude. Well, that woodsman attitude of his also played into what they were talking about: how the Bigfoot community looks after each other more better than people do. You know, uh, Sue was saying that they're more uh, elevated because they take care of each other, they work as families, they communicate with each other. She said they even had a sense of humor. So that mentality that Randy had pretty much fits in with what a lot of the Sasquatch do as well in, you know, looking after their community. Yeah. There's an argument you made about like primal communities and tribes and stuff like that are that because they're more altruistic, like they care about each other as a small family. Like if you were just a small group, you would care about every individual. And with our society now, we have so many people and everybody has their own problems. We're so separated. Like, yeah, it's, we're not as empathetic to each other. So I think that does make sense if, if you go along with the, you know, the thought process that they're kind of in these clans, these small tight knit communities, just like a tribe, like in Africa or something like that, where, you know, they, they would all watch out for each other because they're just basically one big family. That's great. And it's great that you showed how the different types of environments that they can be found in. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm from Ohio. So I'm very used to Minerva monster and you know, the Bigfoot in that area, not so experienced with Bigfoot in New Mexico. In -hmm. fact, I really wasn't aware they was. So it was great that uh, you showed that they do uh, travel in groups and they are more widespread than we may think they are. And I thought, um, and and maybe this, again, I'm not like an expert on Sasquatch, so maybe this has been uh, proposed before, but I thought Alfred had a unique um, opinion of, you know, that typically a Sasquatch that is seen on its own is like an alpha male that 
was dethroned or kicked out maybe of of these uh families these sasquatch tribes i was like oh and which yeah well that, that could certainly possibly explain right why typically you know you're you're only seeing one versus multiple you know a whole host of, of sasquatch so i thought that was really neat too yeah and also i liked how he pointed out about them damming up the water to basically get rid of the railroad tracks that, yeah. showed, some, uh, that showed some forward thinking for sure but like dude uh like crows and shit are like super crows are super smart right mm-hmm. like i forget if they said they have like the the brain power or the problem solving skills of like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or yeah, something I've seen that. yeah something along those lines. yeah so it's like oh well do, yeah that that would probably be nothing for a sasquatch to to think that through and what a great dude yeah it's remote yeah, it's remote wilderness out there dude it's crazy New Mexico, I love that place. I might be getting that place out there at some point. <laughs> it's a neat area. It's beautiful. Okay. So you've done UFOs. You've done ghosts and spirits. Now you've done cryptids. Uh, what's uh, in, in your next future projects? Well, I mean, we're not done with any of these subjects, but wow. right now, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, I am working on In Plain Sight, the intelligence community, uh, and UFOs which is three quarters of the way done. I'll say that in its edit. Um, and I'm really excited about how this is turning out. Cause I think we keep just stepping up our production values and I did some different editing techniques and stuff. And I think it just makes for a much more uh, compelling film. I hope and it's got some really, really interesting things that <clears throat> to me are really interesting, I guess, from uh, the government's involvement angle and the way they cover things up. Uh, because Tyler, you want to talk about some of the people we have featured in that film? Sure. Well, dude, that one's a banger too, because we've got retired CIA officer, John Ramirez, who's talking about some sick stuff. He was in like some, some, some secret meetings and whatnot, and was privy to some information that it was be like, dude, what? The, the high level people are telling him that. So that's nasty. Then uh, Richard Doty, who uh, is a former Air Force Office of Special Investigations counterintelligence officer back in like the 80s. And so, you know, he was tasked with going around like disinforming people, like people, if they had seen a true UFO, he would get them to believe it was some sort of U.S. military tech, right? Um, and people who had seen you military tech, he would try and get them to believe yeah. that, that they saw UFO. Or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, that they saw UFO. It's, so his, it was just a very interesting dude. Like I, it's cloak and dagger shit, bro. I love like, it. Yeah, my shoulder going through airports and driving to these people's houses. And John Ramirez is like, oh yeah, like the CIA. Yeah, they know you're coming. Like I already ran up by him. They're cool. With it. It's like, oh dude. So we got <laughs> we got all that cool stuff. Um, and Tom Carey uh, is actually in that in that one again because aside from being an anthropologist, my man has written uh, I think his twenty second Roswell book is being Whoa. released, dude. He he is a massive researcher. Interviewed over six hundred first and second hand witnesses at Roswell. So he's an encyclopedia he has, about Roswell. Essentially, he had yeah. some sick stuff to say. Uh, so well, uh, what, it's a banger. What, what it's a real it? good doc. Yeah, what's interesting is 
almost everyone had something to say about Roswell, which I didn't know was even going to come up really. Because <laughs> uh, I wasn't there for the John Ramirez or Rick Doty interviews. I was there for the Tom Carey. So when I started listening and cutting, I was like, oh, wow, they're all. And it makes sense because a lot of it focuses on, you know, the government's involvement and like disinformation. And Rick Doty, man, just talking about kind of like the gaslighting that occurs where it's like, well, we can, you can make you think this way or this way. It doesn't really matter as long as you're not thinking about what actually happened. Uh, and it's really interesting. So that's what, so then that's, what do you think? So what do you think about NASA's new um, announcement that they're going to they're basically going to start studying for UFOs as well? So this is NASA now admitting that they're going to start work on trying to find UFOs. Do you think that's covering up uh, misinformation or do you think that's sincere? I hope it's sincere. And I think it's it makes sense because, you know, we have uh, the Galileo Galileo project and stuff like that. Technology's just improved. And I think NASA as an entity probably always was interested in in finding extraterrestrial life. And, and it makes sense to them. But now maybe the technology makes it more feasible, I hope. Um, so I'm hopeful. <laughs> I could be just yes. a victim of the gaslighting, though. I don't know. Well, yeah, all of us. <laughs> No, I think if anything, I think maybe NASA, maybe they, they're fans of Dockside Media and they stumbled upon these guys <laughs> and they're like, yo, these boys are going, they're going, you know, pop the cork on this, on this bottle anyways. So we might as well get out in there front you go. and, and uh, keep that momentum going. And if anything, maybe it, it could be as simple as like, oh, well, you know, th thinking it through, it's like, all right, <clears throat> if the US government needs to, somehow disclose extraterrestrial life i feel like the easiest pill to swallow is is a statement from nasa because yeah. everybody just the public mindset is like okay well nasa they're the people that know about space but if it's like oh congress today or the you know the house of representatives the senate says ufos are real it's like well dude they're most people think they're they're just a bunch of old politicians who yeah, you know yeah. got favors that get in there blah 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 something could be compromised what's their agenda but NASA, I think, is an easier pill to swallow. So hopefully it's something like that. And with the James Webb telescope going out into space and like, yeah, like Chris said, the Galileo. Dude, like now academia is starting to study this stuff. So mm -hmm. really, dude, if, if some of this stuff is broken by like the private sector versus NASA, you know, it's kind of like a, a bit of egg in their face. So maybe they're just like, hey, we need to stay ahead of this and maintain credibility. Did you guys see that? I, think, article I, I today? think a big part of it also is that I think people have always been studying it. It's just now they're getting respect because the number of people, the number of intelligent people and educated people who support them has grown. We'll be back after a quick break. Additionally, the hands have sparse hair, yet the palms are bare, with five digits, including an opposable human-like thumb. However, this creature is not human. Repeat, not human. Subscribe to Bigfoot Classified today, as we explore what may be the biggest Bigfoot cover-ups in history. Visit BigfootClassified.com and subscribe to Bigfoot Classified, available where you get your podcast. Yeah, for sure. But 
I just saw an article today. I'm looking at it here. China says it may have detected signals from an alien civilization. This is posted on Bloomberg. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, so I don't know. These kind of things keep happening, though. Like these kind of big articles on on reputable news sites and stuff keep occurring with the UFO stuff. OK, here I, that's, you guys are perfect for me because I was discussing this with some of my friends be, uh, as well. You guys being in the research and documenting of UFOs and UFO communities, what would be your first takeaway or your first thoughts if a UFO basically landed on the White House lawn? I mean, would you be out there trying to film it or do you feel like your work is now done or what would be your reactions to actual proof, 100%, no doubt about it type of actions? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those questions, I, like, if you saw the Sasquatch, what would you do? Exactly. Honestly, That's what I was saying. Terrifying. It really might be terrifying. Um, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess at first I'd be scared, but then I would think about it, hopefully critically, and think if they wanted to destroy us, it would have already happened at that point. Um, so I would have to think the motivations are at least mostly positive. Um, and I guess I'd see what happens, but yeah, it'd be a little scary of a situation. I would think like, how would society and whole react? Like how would super religious people, uh, react? Cause I feel like that might, you know, change some of their perspective in the universe. Um, knowing we're not alone. I don't know. Well, you know, I'd be like, was- dude, white house lawn. That's a two and a half hour drive, man. <laughs> Cameras, drone. Well, I don't know. I'd maybe even risk flying the drone at that point in that in that no flight uh, area. <laughs> Just be like, oh, dude, I got to get a banger shot from up top. You'd be having the um, aliens pose for the lighting to be better and stuff. But yeah, and I don't think our work would be done. It'd be like, oh, baby, we're just getting started. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's this one uh, species. Uh, what else is out there? And what is this species like for them to reveal themselves? Where there must be some sort of motive, some sort of mission, some sort of purpose. So, yo. What's your all's purpose? We can document that. And uh, man, it, yo, it'd be fascinating because for them to reveal themselves, uh, I feel like it would be because it'd be because they need, you know, they need to probably affect the trajectory of like humanity mm-hmm. because like us, like, yeah just like with an amazonian amazonian tribe or some uncontacted tribe like bro unless i guess unless we got proof like dude a volcano was going to erupt like right on top of them like i i don't even know if then we would we would step in and say hey guys 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 look you gotta move there's more to life than than what you got like we might be like ah dude i don't know their belief system that volcano would erupt onto their village for a reason. So like, yeah, it would need to be, I feel like something super compelling for them to land on the, uh, on the white house lawn, but dude, at the same time, I feel like humanity needs some sort of nudge, right? Like we're at this, I don't know. I feel like we're like at a turning point or like we, we need something to shift us in a different direction. Well, then maybe think- like the Sasquatch community is that something because like Sue mentioned, they're the guardians, uh, the protectors of the woodlands. Maybe it's them, you know, coming forth, walking out of the woods saying, look, guys, we've been trying to take care of the environment. We can't compete with you guys. 
So maybe uh, at some point they're going to step forward or step out of the force and show themselves and say, look, we've been trying to do it behind the scenes. It ain't working. You guys need to clean up your act. I mean, that's always a possibility as well. And I got mm -hmm. that feeling from Sue that that's what they're here for. I would, I would wonder how the government would react to that. I feel like um, them stepping out of the woods, they would give a different reaction to a, a, like a craft landing in, in the, like right in front of DC or right in front of the white house or something. Um, I would, because I like, what is the, what is the technology it requires to travel those great distances versus this giant creature looking thing, just stepping out of the woods. You know what I mean? Uh, agreed. I mean, the, uh, the ancient Hindu, uh, text used to write that the yeti was a creature that was between life and the spiritual world and they were supposed to guide humanity mm. so if the yeti is just another version of bigfoot then yep. you know religious yeah. texts already support that they're supposed to be our guides yeah i just thought it would be yeah. weird i uh, you know uh, mind-blowing if they came out but it would be what purpose would they make themselves known? And it's not just because, you know, they got caught in a camera. I think they yeah. would have to actually make an effort. Yeah, no, that, and that would be the, that would be the purpose, right? Uh, we have to change the trajectory in which we are treating this planet, I guess, to preserve it. Um, I love uh -huh. where your head's at, man. And that's what I, that's why I love coming on the show too, because I can tell you're a thinker, man. And you always just bring up, you just bring up great stuff to talk about, man. You really do. I and appreciate so I it. Hope, I, I hope, I think you, you bring a lot of value to your listeners, man. Bring a lot of value to Chris and I when we come on here, for sure. Okay. Uh, so when do you guys come into Florida? Bro, well, what, what kind of, I know I told you, it's like, okay, well, we need a dock down there. What do we have? Well, you well, have St. Augustine, up. the oldest city in the United States and also the most haunted. You have Robert the Doll in Key West, the doll that inspired Chucky. You have the Florida Skunk Ape, which is basically Florida is the third highest number of Bigfoot sightings. And I can keep going on. You can keep going. Man, Gary, keep going. I like. Got... <laughs> I kind of like that first. The uh, the Saint Augustine. Yeah. Yeah, just being the oldest oh, yeah. city and haunted. Oh, please. There are books upon books of, of different uh, cemeteries and incidences that have happened. I mean, you figure St. Augustine is, has been around longer than any other city in the United States. It has gone through you know, multiple wars. It has gone through different pandemics before you know, the COVID situation. Hmm. They had to deal with the, the dead themselves. There are so many cemeteries and ghost uh, stories. In fact, they once uh, did a ghost tour there. They said that you cannot walk more than 10 feet without walking over someone's grave. That's and that's crazy. in the middle of St. Augustine. That's crazy. I love it. Okay. I, li I, like, I, like, I like where that's going. Let me let my heart and soul feel that out a bit. But I could get <laughs> down with some St. Augustine. Um, let's see. Because, yeah, we got, I think we might do like a reincarnation one here, Gary, coming up oh. in a past life um and uh remote viewing all as well is very interesting yeah i always like augustine as my yeah year. oh yeah definitely if you want ghost stories you want to go you want to do saint augustine okay and well the way, i can yeah, point the rate we're going i feel like probably we'll be there yeah, next week 
I know because yeah, you guys, oh, you guys were only on uh, like, like not even six months ago, and you've had two that have been released. This one's coming out now. The other one's still filming, and you're working on a fifth one. I mean, you are, I mean, between the two of you, are a combustion engine of nonstop. We try, yeah, we try. Thank you. Oh, you're succeeding. Don't don't worry about it. And like I said, you covering different topics. I mean, it'd be easy if you were doing Bigfoot one, Bigfoot two, Bigfoot mm-hmm. three, you know, sequels, but you're not. You're doing you're doing UFOs, you're doing ghosts, you're doing Bigfoot. Now you're doing UFOs uh, conspiracies. So it's amazing that you guys are, are are able to do such a wide range and quality on such a timeline. That means a lot, Gary. Yeah, Thanks thank a lot. And while you're saying all that, dude, I feel like what was missing is maybe the word werewolves, right? <laughs> Dogmen, something like that. Because uh, I do recall from what uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon or whatever, that book, uh, there was a story shared about one of the people uh, that came back from Skinwalker Ranch, uh, like one of the, the federal agents or whatever, I think his spouse uh, and kids said they had these like uh hitchhiker uh, effect experiences where they uh i believe she recalled like she saw like on two separate occasions like a dogma or like a werewolf right like outside the window of their house so if we can get i guess enough credible uh reports on that i could get down with that chris that'd be a different well you know uh, a different genre let me uh, let me tempt you a little bit more uh down in Louisiana, the big one is the Rougarou, which is a werewolf, but is a werewolf that is under a curse that doesn't change on the just because of the moonlight. It is someone who has been actually cursed by a voodoo priestess so that if you uh, cut one with the silver, you have to keep quiet about it for 30 days. If you say that, you know, if you say who the person was who was a Rougarou, you get cursed. So it's basically a werewolf with a more structured curse line. In fact, up north, up north, a lot of the French uh, uh, fur trappers, when they first came to the country, they're the ones that brought the werewolf stories over. And the Indian tribes had the Wendigo. So then the Wendigo and the werewolf stories combined and created the Loop Guru, and which became the Rougarou. So it's kind of a a Wendigo slash werewolf uh, storyline. And it's all over Louisiana. Yeah, that's interesting. Dude, that's super fascinating, but I don't know if I want to get mixed up in that. I'm not trying to get <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm trying to do me keeping my mouth shut for 30 days about something. I don't know if I could do that. I know. Oh, well, you, you you may have heard of the Beast of Bray Road. That yes. was considered, that's possible Ruger. We'll be back after a quick break. Eye-opening moments podcast are real-life stories of adversity, encounters, and perspectives. They are moments that can lift your spirits, give you some food for thought, or move you. For the introspective mind that likes to reflect, discover, and find solutions or meaning in a complex life, listen to Eye-opening moments podcasts. Yes, we are familiar with it. Eric Mintel. He's, uh, if you know him, I know he's been investigating yep. that. Uh, and um, he, he's also uh, in, in plain sight, the intelligence community and UFOs. Nice. We, we went and interviewed him. So we had connected yeah, with him. He's an awesome uh, dude. Yeah. 
it's been yeah it's been it's uh it was great uh going down and yeah it turns out he's not far from where chris lives right it's like such yeah. a small small <laughs> world and then we like see has he been on your podcast at all no yeah. no no he hasn't okay it's just weird we end up seeing oh man he popped up on a podcast we were on or we'd pop up uh on one that he had been on so it's as we keep doing these things dude. yeah, yeah the synchronicities but and it's he, he has a uh, he has a paranormal investigation show um but he has a, a new episode coming out just on the beast of bray road they went out interviewed like tons of people went yeah. out and investigated and stuff it looks really good i'm excited to check it out i think it's out this friday i think this friday maybe there you go is when they have okay. like a like the Facebook live or somehow Facebook premiere set premiere viewing um, where they're yeah, where they're going to uh, screen or, you know, show it or whatever. So, and, you know, probably interact and stuff like that with people, but that's cool. You brought that up. Yeah. Beast of Bray Rose. Yeah. I did want to, uh, before we wrap up, I did want to shout out Adam Hartwick again um, from shadow alley productions. He was in conscious contact full disclosure. He helped us do the B roll with the alien and in, in Secrets of the Sasquatch, he did the B-roll with the Sasquatch costume, which was 100% custom-made, scrapped together from a bunch of different things. Mm, and amazing as well. <laughs> it, it looked Not good. cheap either. Not cheap either. Um, but, yeah, it was so cool. Like, it was incredibly realistic. Like, when he would stand next to you and stuff. And he was a, he's a big dude. Like, he's tall. Um, you know, 6'3 or something like that. So he's towering above everyone in this thing. Because... And the mask, skin tight. So when he moves mm -hmm. his face, it looks like the, the creature is. And also the hands. I mean, you, mm -hmm. it did not look like gloves. No, nah, it was a really awesome costume. Like it holds up being a few feet from you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I, that was awesome because it was so much fun to go out and film that stuff. We had some weird uh, occurrences happen with a guy who had like a pet parrot or something just roll up onto the sasquatch it was just weird stuff happens around there yeah Parakeet, and then yeah. he just started doing these like carny tricks or something <laughs> yeah, it was or like what is going on like so yeah, weird, he, yeah he had this whole bag of tricks like a seven minute routine like, <laughs> yeah. what is what is going on right now this are we I, it was it was the craziest yeah. thing and chris the best part you forgot <clears throat> adam hardwick with shadow alley productions uh his back was a little sore so he shows up with three electric scooters because we've got like uh, it was like a 25 or 30 minute walk uh with like fast walk when i had done it like uh, a week before we did it to go scout and uh so he shows up with them dude like a seven ten minute cruise back on these electric scooters dude he, we had him riding on the scooter as a sasquatch <laughs> all these people are like great what is times. going on <laughs> and it was great uh, i think a cool part um maybe i don't know if people will notice necessarily but we filmed that B-roll of Adam in the Sasquatch costume at the White Cliffs of Kanoi here in Pennsylvania, which are these white cliffs along the Susquehanna River. You know, it's like a 30-minute drive for me, but I had never even known they were there. And I just happened to, like, look at see, I'm like, bro, we need to go film this stuff on these white freaking cliffs. This is nasty. And okay. everybody gets on board with it. Yeah. Well, so, all right. So, yeah, in wrapping up, you have mm -hmm. the secrets of the Sasquatch coming up. How I've got a sneak peek, so I appreciate you guys doing that for me. How will other people find this? Yeah, so it go, comes out July 5th. Um, Amazon, Google, iTunes, Microsoft, PlayStation, Voodoo, uh, pretty much everywhere 
you want to find a movie, you can find it, Secrets of the Sasquatch. And we hope you check it out, and then hopefully you will leave a review so we know what you think of it, and that will also help the movie and help it get out to other people. Um, so while you're there, while you're waiting, if you haven't gone and checked out Conscious Contact, full disclosure, or uh, Ghosts of Gettysburg, I almost said Ghosts in the Graveyard, uh, go check out those. Those are out now, and let us know what you think. Um, because we, we just want to hear from people. We want to know that the content we put out there is resonating with people. So, Dude, we love, we're up. Bro, Gary, within yeah. the mess podcast listeners, we are over 100 reviews, bro, between Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure, and The Ghost of Gettysburg. And I don't know. It might not sound like a lot to some people, but, man, I can think of how many movies I reviewed in my 37 years. How many times I took the one second to give us like three, four, five stars on something? Very, very few times. So the fact that a hundred people took time to review this, a lot of them writing out messages, even the ones, if we got a bad review, I'm like, Chris, dude, I love that we affected them enough that they felt fired up enough that they had to tell us something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had to write them at like it still reached them. You feel me? Um, so yeah, and we had a lot of people love it, and that's it, it was great, dude. Our hearts are exploded. So please, yep. July 5th, Secrets of the Sasquatch, and then in plain sight, the intelligence community UFOs should be out late summer, early fall on all those same platforms. And that won't be the end of it. No. Well, uh, wrapping it up, I think it's time to take a walk out of the mist. I want to thank Chris and Tyler for being uh, my guests, returning guests. And hopefully you'll come back again for the next ones. And hopefully you'll come down to Florida so that I can show you some of the cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries we have here. That would be so, awesome. Uh, thanks again. And for our listeners, uh, please check us out. And we'll talk to you all later. Now, as promised, the trailer to Dockside Media's Secrets of the Sasquatch. For some reason, I had never felt like I felt when I saw that thing, whatever it was. I just, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I'm not scared of any man or anything in these woods, and I was shook. I don't, it was, it was amazing, amazing. In the deep forest has, in my mind, no problem uh, remaining secret and uh, uh, not revealing itself. Stop. It was like a big black square, wasn't it? Yeah, we're... where'd it go? This place is quiet. There's no animals around for some reason, and there's definitely something out here. Nobody can explain it. There's no experts on it. They're very, very intelligent. They're more advanced than we know. We were realizing that we're not just dealing with great big hairy hominids out in the forest. We're dealing with a very, very intelligent event of peoples.